What's up, you guys? Uh, welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder with My Husband. I'm Peyton Moreland. And I'm Garrett Moreland. And he's the husband. That's true. <laughs> um, okay, so I just want to jump right into the murder case today. Nice. Um, Getting down to it. Yeah. So this story um, has been one that really stuck with me from the second I heard it. I've listened to a lot of murder cases and I kind of forget the details or forget the names and then someone brings it up and I'm like, oh, wait, wait, tell me which one is that again? Kind of, no, it kind of don't. This one, from the time I heard it until today, I remember every single detail because it shook me to my core when I heard it the first time. So I'm going to love this. Yeah. Um. It's unique in a way that most true crime stories aren't, and that's because it's recent. And so most of the people involved in the story were active on social media during the time of the story. So you can actually go back right now on social media, and all of their pages are still there. And you can read posts, pictures, whatever it is, from during the time of the whole entire case. I think I'm going to like this one just because... I always talk about how a lot of murders aren't recent and how they're super mm-hmm. old and people can get away with it. But I'm actually curious to. Yeah. Because I know nothing. Again, I know nothing about this. Yep. It's always a surprise. So. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this. Um, So it's kind of weird uh, just to see that life goes on mm-hmm. after someone's murdered, right? Like we all are still just living life. And I think sometimes when I listen to these cases, I'm. I dive so deep into the case that it, it's almost not real, you know, because it's a story. Like it's a book. Yes. Whereas this, I think this one shook me so hard because you can see the sociopathic behavior with your own eyes on social media. Oh, geez. So it's just crazy. So where I got my information. Oh, I'm oh, sorry what? to interrupt. No. I was going to say, because remember last podcast, we talked about how we were going to talk about our listeners oh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I know we want to get into this, but yeah, just no. give us yeah, let's do like this. 30 let's, seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was one from Virginia that yeah. has listened to all of them. Maybe it's someone we know. So I don't think so. I can't of, think of anyone from Virginia. It could just be one Virginia. of our friends. Or, so if you are our Virginia homie, Please reach out to us. Please comment on our social media. We're so intrigued that you've listened to all of them and neither of us can put a finger on who you are because we don't think either of us know anyone that's living there right now that would be listening to it. Yeah, so we were pretty excited about that. And then there was another one from Washington. Washington. Yeah. Hey, reach out. Tell us. I. It's so fun (laughs) to think, oh, there's someone out there who doesn't know us who's listening to us. Yeah, there's... Okay, there's more than two listeners, but those are the ones that have listened to all of our podcasts. So that we're not sure who they are. Yeah. Because I mean, let's be honest, we have a couple listeners that um, are blood related <laughs> and friends. Hi, mom. <laughs> but we've actually been getting more. Yeah, we have been getting so, more to all our friends and family that have been listening. If if you saw one of our posts on social media, because we did finally post about it, thank yep. you so much for listening. It it really helps us out, and it actually. It's more fun to talk to an audience. It just is. And so it really means so much if you're here listening, if you know us, if you don't know us, whatever it is. Like, I'm just excited that there's even people that are wanting to hang out with us, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. So back to where I got my information from. Investigation Discovery did a episode on their See No Evil 
show. I also got my information from SkylarNiceMurder.com as well as AllThingsInteresting.com as well as Wikipedia and as well as Reddit. Wow. Okay. On July 6th, 2012, 16-year-old Skylar Niece goes into her mom's room and kisses her goodnight before bed. She had been bored all day wanting to hang out with her friends, but she tweeted something like, F all my friends for hanging out without me. I'm so bored. Da, da, da. Feels good to know that, like, I don't have friends. Like, something teenager dramatic like that. And then Drama. goes to bed. Yeah. The next morning, her father, David Niece, goes to wake her up in her room, but finds that her door's locked. He breaks open the door with a coat hanger and finds that her bed is made, but her bedroom is empty. He calls his wife, Mary Niece, to ask if she had seen Skylar. She says no, but not to worry that they would find her and she's probably just hanging out at one of her friend's houses. Skylar's dad calls Sheila Eddie, who is Skylar's best friend, and asks if she's seen her. She says no, but that she talked to her around midnight last night. He walks out onto the porch to have a cigarette, obviously worried about where his daughter is, and notices that there's a chair from Skylar's room outside her bedroom window. And so he looks over and he's like realizing that she must have snuck out last night because she climbed out of her window and onto this chair. Yep. So he's like, oh my gosh. Now he's even more worried because he's like, so she didn't come home after sneaking out. Uh So he calls back Mary, his wife, and is like, tells her and she's like, it's okay. She's never missed work. I know she has to work at 4 p.m., So we'll just wait and see if she shows up to work because she wouldn't miss it. She's responsible. She has good grades. So. Oh, man. 4 p.m. What? This is just getting crazy already. 4 p.m. comes and goes and she doesn't show up to work. And she worked at Wendy's. Sorry. I thought that was kind of cool. Spicy chicken nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I was like, dang. Like my dream job. Okay, not my dream job, but like. No, this is Peyton's (laughs) dream job. Listen. I like like really kind of want to work at McDonald's because I love McDonald's. Like if you know me, McDonald's is my heart and soul. Like I love McDonald's so much and I think it would be so fun to work there. And so when I saw she worked at Wendy's, I was like. A girl from my own heart. I can't imagine how, what we'd look like after a year of eating straight McDonald's. I know, seriously. If you work there. So, um, she doesn't show up to her job at Wendy's. And so her parents call the police. They tell them that their daughter's missing and they need help. The cops arrive to the house. And although helpful, you know, they're following protocol. They assume that Skylar's just a runaway. She's 16 years old. It's the weekend. They say that this kind of happens in the town. They leave for the weekend because mom and dad weren't letting them leave the house. And then they come back on Monday and go to school, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So they don't issue an Amber alert. She's missing. They're going to investigate what happened, but they're not going to issue an Amber alert to have people look out for her. Yeah. The cops notice when going through Skylar's room that her phone charger and personal items are still in her bedroom. So if she was a runaway... Like, most of the time, they're going to take her toothbrush, her makeup, her phone charger. Always what, take. What, te- what is a teenager going to take if they're going to... take your phone yeah, charger, right? yeah. Um, but her phone's not there. So, they go around to the neighbors and ask if anyone's seen anything or heard anything. And, of course, they all say no. They live in an apartment complex, by the way. During this whole search, Sheila Eddy, the best friend that her dad called earlier that day, calls back and asks to talk to Skylar's mom, Mary. She tells Mary that her, their other friend, Rachel Schof, 
and Skylar had all snuck out last night. Oh, no. She continues on to say that they dropped her back off at her house at around 11.45 p.m. at the end of the block so that they wouldn't wake up the parents. You know, like when you see, you can't drive right up into the, yeah, yeah you got you no, to park you. down the street. Oh, you yeah. Know, so they can run back home. So at this point, police are thinking something obviously happened to her between the drop-off point at the end of the block and her walking all the way back down the street to get to the apartment complex. It's crazy to think that just at the end of the block, something could happen. possibly could have happened. But, I mean, that's your first thought, right? And her parents are freaking out, too. She's been abducted. Yeah. That's what they're thinking Oh, I think head. that's every parent's like, probably first thought yeah. is, where's my kid? I mean, I'm sure they were happy that Sheila came forward and mm-hmm. said, hey, we actually did sneak out, and I was with her, but we dropped her off at 1145. And she walked, and we didn't, like, wait to see if she got home. Oh, man. So then Mary's like, how about you come over because the police are here, and they're probably going to want to talk to you about it. And so Sheila drives over to the house to talk to the police and help out in any way she can. She comforts Mary, her mom, during this time, telling her everything's going to be fine. Like, we're going to find her. Like, this is her best friend. So the cops ask Sheila again if she knows where Skylar is, just, you know, going back through the story. She's like, no, I don't know. The last time I saw her was when we dropped her off at the end of the street. The officers and parents notice at this point that there's a camera in the parking lot of the apartment complex. Like there's a camera showing the parking lot. Did they not have like find my friends and stuff at this time? Okay, so it's 20, what, 12? Yeah. I don't think so. Isn't that when you graduated? Yeah, it's when I graduated. Did you have find my friends? Oh. I can't remember. I really can't remember. I don't think no, because I no, because if they did, my mom would have had it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's true. So we would have been in trouble. Okay. So no, I don't think they had find my friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which sucks because the phone's missing. I know. So it actually would have been beneficial. So Mary contacts the landlord of the apartment complex to see if she can get the footage from the parking lot. And it's like a really crappy camera, so the footage is all grainy. They're watching the monitor around 11, 11.45, and like there's no car, no nothing. And she's like, yeah, because we dropped her off down the road, so you're not going to see my car, you're not going to see anything. And then they just keep watching to see if she ever leaves again. Mm-hmm. And around 12.30 a.m., a car pulls up in the parking lot, like kind of around the building, and you see Skylar run from like this side of the camera clear across the camera to get into the car so if like when they dropped her off at 11 45 she came back to the house but then at 12 30 another car pulls up and she leaves sneaks out again and gets in another car at 12 30 a.m whoa what so she snuck out twice that night do they know if she went back to the house for sure or if she just stayed out so i mean they don't know but sheila said they dropped her off so they do think this what if They dropped her off and someone came and picked her up and she didn't actually go back in the house, right? So the officers are like, Sheila, is that your car? She's like, no, I'm positive it was 1145 and that's not even my car. And so once again, this makes the cops think that she most likely ran away. She willingly got in the car. Like you see her running. She's just going to hang out. Towards the car. Yeah. They wasn't, it wasn't abducted. You know, she gets in the car alone. No one gets out of the car and shoves her in. Yeah. So they're like, they look at the parents and they're like, I think she just ran away. Like she's obviously with friends, you know, she just got in that car and left. So 
The footage is bad. They can't make out a license plate, but they can tell that the car is a light-colored four-door sedan. It's now been 48 hours since Skylar has gone missing, and her parents feel like everyone just kind of stopped looking for her because of the surveillance footage. Yeah. Like, the cops are saying they're looking, but they're not going to put out an Amber Alert, and the investigation feels like it's kind of at a halt because, like, what are you going to do? They're like, give it the weekend. She's not back by Monday. We'll really dive deep into it. That would be heart-wrenching as a parent. Yeah. To feel like everyone just gave up. Yeah, I mean, you you know your daughter's missing. Yeah. She, those are her best friend. Rachel was her best friend, too, the other girl they're with that night. And so she's they're like, she was with her best friends. Oh, yeah. You'd feel kind of, oh, that sucks. So the parents start to drive the investigation by themselves. They make flyers. They hang them up all over town. They start doing searches. Nice. A lot of friends, including Sheila, start to help her parents with the investigation. Rachel, the other girl that was with her that night, would have helped out, but she had gone to like a Catholic camp for two weeks, like a church camp, because it's summer at this point. And at some point during this, Sheila comes over to the niece household and asks if she can sit in Skylar's room for a bit. Um, Skylar's parents are like, yeah, of course. They hear her crying, so they go in to console her, and she's upset. She's like, I don't understand why Skylar would leave and not tell me. Like, why would she get in a car with someone else and not be like, hey, I'm hanging out with this person tonight? That's true, because especially in high school, right, you would tell, like, when you're your best, best friends. friends, hey, I'm sneaking out with a boy or I'm yeah, sneaking out uh -huh. with a girl. So. Right? And so she's hurt. And she, like, the, the parents and Sheila, like, really lean on each other during this time because they're really the only ones looking for the daughter. Yeah. So Skylar's parents' effort starts to pay off. And her story starts to kind of spread through local media, right? Like they start sharing it on the news and everything. Yeah. And someone calls in and says, oh, I think I saw Skylar with a redheaded friend um, at this place. It was like in a town next door. So they drive out there and they're like, this is it. Like Rachel didn't actually go to Catholic camp. She like skipped on her parents and like said, oh yeah, I'm going to church camp, but didn't. And like her and Rachel ran away together and they're just like hanging out. Huh. And so they like go, they investigate. It ends up being two different runaways and not them. And so the lead goes nowhere and these parents are just devastated again. Like you're holding on to any, any hope. Oh yeah. So it's now been two months since she was last seen, which at that point, I mean, you're like, crap. Two months is a long Two time. Two months is a long time. Rachel, the girl, returns home from church camp at this point, and the police finally get to inter interrogate her because she was, like, gone away. Um, and she tells the exact same story as Sheila. She's mm -hmm. like, it was, like, 1145. We dropped her off. Like, we went out that night. She does say, we smoked a little weed. Yeah. So it um, doesn't sound like they're lying, then. No. It like, she's like, like we, we, we picked her up. We hung she out. snuck out. We smoked a little weed. We dropped her off at the end of the block at 1145. And then I went to church camp the next morning. And I didn't even know she was missing. <laughs> and so Dang. the cops sent her in at this point on the car that picked Skylar up that night at 1230. Because they're like, okay, it's been two months. She's obviously not coming home. <laughs> like, we don't think she's a runaway. She's 16. Like, what 16-year-old can keep providing for themselves and doing all these things? She didn't ever go back to work. And then the two girls she was with that night, like, are saying the same thing. And so our only lead right now is this car that we're seeing on this tape. Yeah. 
So they look in, this is actually kind of smart. They look into other local security cameras around the area to see if they can spot the car, to see if they can track where the car went. Why isn't, why wasn't the police doing this? This is the police. Oh, but why did it take them two months to... Because that's kind of the problem. It's like, they're like, oh, she's a runaway. And then they're like, oh, we're going to wait to talk to Rachel to see if she has any more details about that night, you know. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It is hard too because, I mean, the police get so many different calls. And and on the, like, shows I was watching and the things I was reading, it did say that the police were like, we felt bad, but most oh. of the missing cases we, we come into just turn into be kids running away for a while and then coming back because they're mad at their parents. It's hard. They got to sift through so many different yeah. reports and calls a day. Yeah. that Yeah. Okay. And so they center in on this car and they they go to the, like there's like a gas station nearby the house. They go to all these things and say, can mm-hmm. we go through your footage from this night? And they end up finding the car. And it, they are like, they nice. track it that it goes to her house. And then about five minutes later, it drives back past that camera again. So they know which way the car was driving towards which town, you wow. know. And so they're like, and the the footage is a little bit more clear. So they don't have a license plate number, but they do have a better description of the vehicle. They've now ruled out certain types, right? But you still have Got like it. the typical Honda, Mazda, you know, like all the ones that <laughs> look still the same. There's a million cars. Yeah. But they're like, at least, you know. We have a little bit more. And so they drive. They actually, I was like kind of proud of the investigators because they then get in an unmarked car and drive around the area that they like saw this car driving at midnight. And they take pictures of all the cars that they think like could be the car. Like, oh, there's a. The parents or the police? The police. Like there's a light colored Mazda. Let's take a picture. There's a light colored Honda four door. There's light. And they take them and then run the plates and look at the people and see if there's any connection. I'm like, dang, dude, like they're going hard. I wonder what like. I mean, I'm proud of them. Well, I think because it's two months. Yeah. I think they were just like, we talked to both the girls and like, obviously something is wrong. Something's happened to her. Mm hmm. So we're going to rewind now to learn more about Skylar before disappearance. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. So Skylar niece, Sheila Eddy, and Rachel Schof attend University High School in West Virginia. Niece and Eddy, so Sheila and Skylar, were friends since about eight years old, best friends. And then they met Rachel, the other girl that she was with that night, their freshman year. All right, is this like in a suburban area, more rural area? Yeah, um, suburban-ish. Okay. The trio were inseparable. Like these three girls, once they, I mean, Sheila and yeah. Skylar have been best friends since they're eight. And then right, they meet Rachel freshman year and they become like the trio at the school. Like these <laughs> girls are best friends, right? Yeah. All the other friends from school said that Skylar played more of like the middle friend in the relationship she kind of served as like an emotional stabilizer for the other two because like Sheila was pretty crazy and then Rachel was kind of quiet and so she was like the middle in between them and like yeah was the force that made it all work I guess Skylar kind of seemed to try and save Sheila a lot of the time at school like Sheila would go crazy or like get in fights with people or she'd be wild at parties and so Skylar would always be like, hey, what are you doing? Stop. You can't do that. No, don't talk to that boy. No, don't. Do, you know, like she was the parent, basically. the parent. Yeah. And um, Sheila was accepted as family in the niece household. Like she would come over. 
uh-huh. not even knock on the door, just walk right in. I mean, these girls have been best friends since they're eight. Yeah. So she's super close with the family. Rachel, the other girl, came into the picture later, like I said, and she comes from a strict Catholic mom, single mom, but strict. Um, so she kind of seemed to like idolize Sheila in a way for her like wild and free attitude. Like, you know how teenagers need yeah. a reason to rebel. Mm-hmm. Sheila was Rachel's reason to rebel. Okay. Yeah. A lot of the peers from their high school said the trio was wild and crazy. Like they partied, <laughs> they did drugs, like they were though Everybody know, they were, knew who they were. Uh-huh. They were that type. Like okay. they were always in trouble. Like if it's not the parents, it's the police. Like yeah. they, they were that type of girls. So their friends at school said that they started to actually notice some tension between this unbreakable trio. Like they would subtweet each other. They were they would talk bad about each other when like at first they were so strong and then they Mm. started to kind of put this break into it in like probably around 2011. So about a year before this happened. Okay. For instance, I'm going to read you some of the tweets because I've gone back and looked at the Twitter accounts and I've timelined it. Right. Like I'm like, oh, it this, you know, in 2011, she tweeted this and, and I've gone through put the crime scene timeline against the, you know. So Skylar subtweeted on May 31st, 2012. Okay, and before I redo this tweet, yeah. I just want to say there's some cuss words in here, and I'm not a big cusser, and I don't know who's listening, so I'm just going to kind of bleep out the cuss words. <laughs> so it says, you're a two-faced B-word, and obviously effing stupid. You really thought I wouldn't find out? Wow. So she, oh, and for people who don't have Twitter, a subtweet is when you tweet about something or someone, but you don't tag them. So she didn't tag anybody in this tweet. She just said, you're a two-faced B-word, and it could be about anybody. That's what a subtweet is. So there's obviously some some tension tension going on with this group because she's talking about one of those girls. She also tweets, too bad my friends are having lives without me. Like, just kind of every once in a while, which I'm not... I'm not oblivious to this. Like I went through high school. My, I had a younger sister. Girls are mean. Yeah, but it's hard too because it also goes against everything everyone said at the school. How they're just this best trio ever, and so. But these are so. Then the the when they talked to the peers at the high school, they said, but they're they're like they started to notice that the girls were fighting. Oh, okay. And that they were talking bad about each other, and so then I went back to the Twitter, and I'm like, oh. Look, she's she's subtweeting a girl, most likely one of these girls. So it lined up with what the interviews were saying. So we're on to something now. Mm-hmm. People said that Skylar kind of felt like Sheila and Rachel were becoming closer. So this new girl, they meet freshman year, they yeah. all become friends, but then she kind of swipes in and stills her best friend, you know, yep. and they're becoming closer with each other and they're starting to leave Skylar She's out. getting jealous. Very typical girl stuff. I went through it. I watched my sister I, go through it. Like it's a very typical high school girl theme, yep. right? So like a classmate who was in a school play with Rachel said that one time at practice, Rachel was on the phone laughing. And so he like walks over and he's like, dude, what are you laughing at? And she's like, listen. And she holds the phone up to him. And on the other line, Skylar and Sheila were fighting. And Skylar didn't know that Sheila had actually three-way called Rachel in to listen in on the fight. Wow. So they are catty. like kind of messed up. And then then now she's showing people at school. And now people at school are making fun of Skylar. And like, it's just... It's 
straight up mean girl movie stuff. Yeah. Like they literally three-way call on mean girls and do that. Like in the movie, <laughs> they do that. Do they really? Yeah. And so it's like, you're just seeing that typical snarky, yep. but it's weird because this trio did used to be so strong, but then they just kind of started to break according to people and according to Twitter that I got on and looked at. Oh yeah. So Rachel and Sheila would like plan to like dress the same like hey you wear your striped shirt and I'm gonna wear my striped shirt and then wouldn't tell Skylar so they'd all show up to school and Skylar'd be like that's kind of crazy that surprised that Skylar's still friends with these two girls they don't seem very nice so I think I was kind of thinking about that right yeah but like because all these signs right they were she had to yeah. notice like oh they're yeah. dressing the same but wait they didn't call me so I think it's hard in high school um I didn't do this for very long but like it was almost like a competition of like who could be more mean and you couldn't, you could, it was like addicting. So I think that like Skylar had been best friends with this girl since they were eight years old. And that was her friend. That was her best friend. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't really matter what, I mean, it's an abusive relationship. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what they're going to do. Like at the end of the day, they're your ride or dies. And you think about it. If she's not friends with them, who's she friends with? Exactly. Right? Especially in high school. It's yep. hard. It's hard in high school. And so, I think like as adults, you're like, I would never be friends with someone yeah. who does that. But in high school, when you're just trying to survive, when you're just trying to make it through the day, like, yeah, it's way different. It's way different. And so totally. that's why I think she never left. Like she just kept trying to be friends with them, you know, and Rachel and Sheila both actually had boyfriends and Skylar didn't. And so they were kind of like sexually active. And when they go to the parties, they would like, you know, be with their boyfriends. And Skylar was kind of like, the third wheel, like the little sister of the group, like mm -hmm. wasn't really into that kind of, you know? And so it was just every way that they were connecting that Skylar wasn't on the same level with. And that's what people started to notice this last year before Skylar's disappearance. Yeah. So now we're back to where we were in the investigation. It's two okay. months later, Rachel gets home from her camp and the information starts to spread around town that she's come home and people from their school start to tweet and talk about, because school's starting up back now, uh -huh. they start to tweet and talk about saying, hey, Rachel and Sheila, we know that you killed Skylar. So I was going to say, have the police come back and looked at these tweets yet? Do you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so they mm -hmm. know about all so these they've gone to and... this. They've gone to their peers, they've gone to everything, and they've started to discover, oh, this perfect little friendship that we were told isn't actually so, yeah so they have a full-blown investigation mm -hmm. going right now but in you know defense i don't think you could go to one friendship group from high school and say yeah. do you guys have any do you guys like are you guys always nice to each other you know have you ever talked bad, bad about, about it? Yeah. yeah like every every high school group is gonna say yeah we have we have problems we've had drama you know definitely so but then the people from school start to like throw them under the bus and say, we know you hurt her. Like we know you're, you had to, you were like involved in Skylar's disappearance. Dang. And so the girls start to get like under pressure. Right. Cause they're like, everyone thinks we did it. Like everyone's saying that they did it now at this point, two months later, she never came home. Everyone's like, okay, you did it. That's crazy. Yeah. And so they're like starting to get like, like scared. Like what, what are you guys like? We're getting blamed for this, you know? And so the detectives, because of this, like they get online, they see the tweets, they see the things being said. They take Sheila and Rachel out separately 
in Good. two different cars and they're like, can you drive us the route you guys took that night? Like we really need to like solidify <laughs> your guys' stories That's and make so sure smart. we're not missing anything. You know, she could have seen someone and then gone with them from that night. So we just really need to see where you went. And so they get in the car and the girls drive them completely different routes. No way. Mm-hmm. Like both of the routes. That's really smart. So to do. the cops are like, what the heck? Like they lied. Like we've caught them in a lie. Like why would they even lie if mm-hmm. this, you know? And so the cops kind of start to question the girls. Like, are you sure you're telling the truth? And so they rewatch the videos from the apartment complex, hoping for any, in, any indication that the girls had picked her up or dropped her off at 11 or 11.45. They notice that like the cars driving by, you can see headlights like the cars don't come in, but you can see the headlights like reflecting off of things. Uh-huh. And around 11 and around 1145, there's there's no headlights. Like they're like, it looks like a car didn't even come to the apartment complex around those times. And so they're like, well, I mean, we could, you know, it could not be showing, but also all the other cars driving by are showing. And so they're like, why, you know. Interesting. But it's interesting because they did, they do know she snuck out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. So after they're now suspecting the girls, the cops know that Sheila's car could be one of the cars in, or could be the car in the video. No they way. knew from the get go that Sheila had a car model that could be the car, but they couldn't narrow it down enough to like say it was that car to say it was her car. And they also didn't question her at the beginning. Like they, you know, they were like, mm. like why would two 16 year old girls kill this other girl? Well, we don't need like, what did they kidnap her yeah you know and so they ask her again hey sheila is this your car in the video at 12 30 a.m and she's like no i told you we picked her up at 11 and dropped her off at 11 45 i did not see her after 11 45 and so the cops attain the cell phone records of the girls and they discover that they were pinging in places that they said that they weren't that night. They were like, did you go here? Did you go here? And they're like, no, 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 no. And then they got the cell phone records and they lied about where they were. I wish they had done this before, but I mean, at least they're doing it now. So when confronted with this evidence, um, Sheila finally admits that the car in the video at 1230 a.m. is her car. Okay. (laughs) Um, So... Oh. Okay. Oops. It wasn't done. <laughs> so they re-interview the girls at this point because now they've lied, right? About a couple things. The girls have actually done a pretty good job. Well, I don't know if they Okay. I assume by listening to this it sounds like they killed her, but if they did, they've done a good job at their alibis. Like as far as telling the same stories, usually it's hard to keep the stories mm-hmm. the same and stuff, you yeah. know? Mhm. And like the girl went off to church camp the next day, like yeah, like like it you was know, smoked a little weed with the church camp. Yeah, and <laughs> Sheila was right up in that investigation from the first second that they found out she was missing. Yeah, you know, so they re-interview the girls and they ask for their new stories. They say, "Hey, we found this new evidence. Tell us what actually happened. Like we have evidence that you weren't where you say you were. They don't give them details where the new evidence says they were." They just say, please tell us what happened. And their stories don't match. They both tell brand new stories, hoping, I think, that they could get back to the friend in time, uh-huh. not realizing that they were being interviewed at the same time. Oh, okay. So the police know that the girls are 
just lying through their teeth at this point. They've told so many lies. And so they can tell that Sheila's kind of acting wrong and that Rachel is scared to death. Like Rachel, they can see her breaking hard, but Sheila's acting like, like nothing. And so they're like kind of confused. Like, mm-hmm. And so on social media at this time, because I've gone back, Sheila seems to have just gone back to normal posting about how, you know, school sucks. I hate this teacher. Can you guys believe this happened at school? She even posts pictures with Rachel, like "Mm, best friends, love her. She tweets on November 5th, 2012. No one on this earth can handle me and Rachel. And if you think you can, you're wrong. Oh my gosh. So at this point, the girls are back in school and people see them fighting a lot at school. Like in the halls, everything, like they're arguing, they're not getting along. People are also aware that the girls had lied about that night and that they were getting questioned by the police. And so they start getting like a lot of hate at school, these two girls. Like everyone's like, oh, we know you did Mm -hmm. it. You killed them. Okay. Um, So Rachel starts to become very aggressive towards people at school, getting in fights. And these two girls kind of just shut everyone out like it's just them two now they're not popular they're Mm -hmm. not friends all they have are each other at this point um rachel gets off social media and she starts fighting with her family even worse like at home so her life is falling apart i wonder what the parents are thinking right now like the parents of the girl that got killed i wonder if they are questioning questioning like oh my gosh i think her best friends killed her. Yeah. Like, I so, wonder how that, that whole drama's going. I think at first they were like, no. Because, I mean. There's no way. Sheila's family. Yeah. And and we've known this girl since she was eight. These two have been best friends. And these three were inseparable. Like, she came here. She helped me. I, she, she cried on her bed with me. She told me we were going to find her. I, like, the mom's like, she held me while I cried. She was helping out from day one. Like, just because they lied because they didn't want to get in trouble because they were smoking a little weed doesn't mean that she did it. So Rachel's fighting with her family really bad. And one day in December of 2012, Rachel is admitted to a psychiatric hospital after attempting to hurt her family. So I kind of like, they don't really Mm. go into the details because you know, she's a minor and stuff, but it seems like she was just, breaking like on the that you know her parents called the police and in the background you can hear freaking out no no stop i'm over this stop she you know was trying to hurt herself trying to hurt her family was running through the neighborhood freaking out which happens when you something's bothering you so much you start getting stressed and angry at everybody Mm -hmm. so she just has a mental break basically like and people could see it building Mm -hmm. you know and so six days after she's been in the psychiatric hospital they release her she immediately asks to go to the police station after she gets released wow and so her parents drive her to the police station and she's like i need to talk to the detectives so they sit her down in the interrogation room and literally before people like they are just barely sitting down like they've barely turned on the tape recorder she's like we stabbed her oh she just blurts it out like it was building up and on her chest so heavy and she just like says we stabbed her she got killed by her two best friends. And so the cop, you know, is like, okay, calm down. Like, we, let's go back from the beginning. You know, what happened? Tell me. So Skylar had started to feel left out from her friend group, but she wasn't imagining it. Like, it wasn't all in her head. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure they were making her feel. At a sleepover in 2011, so a year before, Skylar saw 
Sheila and Rachel have drunken sex together. So she wasn't making it up. These two girls had fallen in love. love. Yeah. And now she's really the third will. That makes a lot more sense. Skylar like tried to confront Sheila about it afterwards, but they just end up getting in a huge fight and they just keep fighting from that day on. After many, many fights and many mean tweets and jabs back and forth between all of the girls, Skylar and Sheila spend a week together in Myrtle Beach in June 2012, so a year after the sleepover Mm -hmm. incident. And they just fight the whole trip. Like their relation, their friendship had just. It's gone. It's gone. So they get home from the trip and Sheila hangs out with Rachel and she tells Rachel that day, hey, we have to kill Skylar. How does that even cross your mind? So apparently they had joked about it before, even in front of Skylar, like at school, they would say, oh, Skylar, you're so annoying. Like, you better stop acting like that. Or we're going to kill you. And then laugh. And so then Skylar, you know, was like, what? and other people had heard him say it. And so that's why everyone at school was kind of like, we know you did it because you joke about it a lot. Mm. So they had, I think they had joked about it so much that like the reality of it almost didn't seem crazy. Yeah. Because they had talked about it so much. Yep. But they, you know, she was serious now. Like she told Rachel, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like we're going through with this. We're doing this. And so, you know, they joke about it and everything, but Skylar had no idea it was real and it was coming. Yeah. So that night, July 5th, 2012, Sheila picks up Rachel, gets a shovel, clean clothes and cleaning supplies and puts them in her trunk. They get the knives and call Skylar to pick her up. Skylar's actually hesitant at first because their friendship is so bad and they had been hanging out all day without her. She almost didn't want to go. She didn't want to go. And they called her and texted her and convinced her like, no, just come. Like, we're so sorry we hung out without you today. Like, just come. It's going to be fun. We're going to go smoke some weed. Just sneak out. We'll pick you up. And so Skylar's finally like, okay, I'll, I'll come. Which just hurts me. Yeah. So they drive. They go pick her up. She sneaks out. But they pick her up at 1230. That's the video you see of her running out. Um, They drive out to a place that they commonly went to smoke weed. So it wasn't like they were driving her in the middle of nowhere. Like they've gone to this place before. They've smoked weed there before. They park the car. They get out to walk to their little spot where they like. And when they decide to start smoking the weed, they're like, oh, crap, we forgot the lighter. And so Skylar's like, oh, mine's in the car. I'll just go get it. And so she turns around, heading back to the car to get the lighter. And Sheila and Rachel count to three, which they had previously said, we're just going to go on three. One, two three so they count to three out loud and then they just start stabbing Skylar in the back wow I I don't know my head's in a bunch of places where I just one we've talked about this before stabbing someone is a whole nother form of yeah murdering because you have to do it yeah a, a bunch of times yeah so so intimate sh- so just, gruesome that blows my mind it's just crazy yeah. I don't know Wow. Yeah, and okay. they had kept the knives in their sweatshirt, like hoodie pockets. And they're they're sixteen years old, and like they're just gonna kill this girl. It's, uh, like, dude, I don't know. I, I I can't comprehend it. Yeah, talk about mean girls. <laughs> Seriously, oh we're way gosh. over pushing someone in front of a bus at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah, that's oh man. So Skylar tries to run, um, but <sighs> Rachel tackles her. It's two against one. Skylar actually gets a hold of Rachel's knife and 
like stabs her in the shin. Oh, wow. Um, but then, you know, Sheila hops back on top of her and she's completely overpowered by the two girls. Um, they stab her repeatedly and then just wait for her to die. Because, like, you know, it takes a long time for someone to die when they're stabbed. Oh, I can barely listen to this. So okay. Rachel, when she's talking to the detectives, she says that, like, right before she died, they were just kind of sitting there and just waiting for her throat to stop gurgling, basically. And oh, how can Rachel... You, I, sorry, I just... Oh, <laughs> I don't know how you can tell this with just, just well, telling it so... Like, you're understanding now why this case has stuck with yeah, me for just, as long as it has. I think this is. I can't fathom it. I think this is why I have a tough time with it sometimes. It's just, it's, it's heavy. I can't comprehend it. It's, it's my, heavy. it's mind blowing. And it hurts. I hurt for Skylar. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I can't. So Rachel says that yep. her last words are just why uh-huh. not even like stop, not even, you know, don't mm-hmm. she's saying why mm-hmm. like why are you doing this and so she dies apparently they had stabbed her like over 50 times like it was overkill to the extreme gruesome i heard one of the investigators say that they feel like it was just a thrill kill they had thought about it they had talked about it and then by the time the it came the adrenaline was so high yep. that they just started going and then at that point it was like they weren't going to stop. They yeah, were just it was just, it was over and they were like, whoa. Yeah. You know, so they had planned to bury her there in the ground, but it was too rocky and they couldn't dig it up with the shovel that they had packed. So they just move her body over to a tree and cover it with rocks and branches. And then they wash themselves off in the creek and they like wrap up their bloody clothes and their knives. 100% premeditated. Like they, they planned everything. And they leave Skylar's cell phone next to her body. And then they clean up clean up the crime scene and they just drive back home. And then one of the girls literally tweets that morning, always keep your cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder how that conversation was. They both just walked down to the creek together, cleaned off. I don't. Got back in the car and just drove home like, like it was nothing. Yeah, and then is on Twitter. You just, you just not killed someone. You stabbed someone to death and watched her die. Yeah. Your best friend. And then you just get on Twitter the next morning and, and always keep your cool. I can only assume and it, do, like they it, had like their emotions for her as a friendship was just gone. Yeah. Not that that gives them many reasons. It was even it's more just, than that. Like it was, it was, they hated her. They hated they her. They legit hated her. Yeah. Because they fell in love. And some people said like Skylar had kind of made a couple tweets. Like if I could, tell all the crap i have on everyone it would be mm. over so like maybe they were feeling like she's gonna tell people that were in love or that we had sex yeah or, or anything okay. you know yep not justifying anything just no, saying for motive not. yeah we're just talking about yeah. it mm-hmm. so um when authorities ask rachel in the interview like okay well why like why did you do that she goes we just didn't like her that's all she could say uh, so well, when I go back on Twitter to the dates of the murder, it's, it's insane. Sheila tweeted later, like right after the murder, we really did go on three. Oh my gosh. Like, it's just no big deal to her. Like this is her best friend since she was eight and she's making jokes about it on Twitter. Like she just stabbed someone to death and she's just joke. And you can still go see those tweets. 
you can go to her page and scroll back and sweet see all of these tweets. I'm surprised they haven't been deleted. And then tweets um, along the lines of hurting because her best friend is missing. So then, you know, a week after she's missing, oh my gosh, please keep an eye out for her. She's missing, totally faking. She tweets about law and order. She tweets about how much she hates her teachers. And it's just like total, life literally just went on. Total like psychopath oh. behavior. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like to the T. To the T. She's she's faking emotion. I'm so upset about she's tweeting about Skylar, posting pictures of Skylar on Instagram. Like, I miss you, best friend. But that's why she was able to stay so cool and mm-hmm. Rachel wasn't. So here's what I think. Sheila is the the sociopath of the killing. The she had the idea everything. and I think Rachel was in love with her and she, you know, they're they're on drugs, you know. Yeah. And convinced her to do it. And then just like typical sociopathic behavior, she goes to the mom the next day after she just killed her daughter and consoles her and fake cries on her bed and hangs up posters for her. I forgot about that. That's crazy. Why would she leave me? Why would she? She became the victim. Yep. Why would she do this to me? Just like faked everything. Everything. She planned everything Whereas out. Rachel ran away to church camp, came home, and self-destructed until she gave them up to the cops. Like a, I guess, quote-unquote, normal, normal person, person would do. Right? Yep. It's just eerie and weird, which yep. is why I think this has stuck with me so much. Reading the tweets, mm-hmm. reading the Instagram, like... If, if you're interested and, like, want to dive into that, go back and look through them. You, you just type in their names on Twitter. It, and just the tweets are so ironic. Like, some of the tweets were like, oh, my gosh. Like, this, this can you believe this girl? And it's like, you, you killed someone. You killed your friend, and you're going to talk about catty girls? Yeah. Like, it's just weird. Like, their tweets after the murder are weird. Okay, so what... What so happened to them? Rachel takes the authorities to the body and the investigators actually allow Rachel to roam free because they're trying to gather enough evidence to take Sheila down Got because it. they know Sheila's the mastermind and they know she doesn't have any sympathy or empathy yep. for what she did. Mm-hmm. And so Sheila is still tweeting during this time, not knowing that Rachel has gone to the cops and given her up basically she tweets a happy birthday to Skylar on Skylar's birthday. Happy birthday, Skylar, with a heart. And when they announce that they found the body, because they say they found the body before they announce like any details, she tweets, rest easy, Skylar. You will always be my best friend. And then she tweets, rest in peace, baby. I love you and I miss you more than anything. May you finally have justice. Even though she's the one to have justice on. That's so crazy. It's just weird. I don't know also how the parents didn't, were able to hold everything in and not call Sheila's parents I or know, call Sheila. Like, I know. To just stay I patient. I feel so bad for them Ugh. in the footage of them at like at the um, sentence hearing when they're sentencing the girls because the dad, like they're just sitting there. It's their only child. It's their baby. Yeah. And they were completely, Ugh. you know. And so, but then Sheila starts to get a feeling that something's about to go down yep. after the, you know, she's, I don't know how, they don't, quite know how she figured out but she like stopped tweeting immediately like Mm. and then like two days later they arrest her so like she got word that rachel had gone or something yep um so and it wasn't rachel because they they kept rachel under lockdown so on january 4th they serve a search warrant to seize all the knives from sheila's house and her car and then they arrest her in the parking lot of a cracker barrel 
Like this girl is just eating Cracker Barrel after she killed her best friend. Like I just, it's weird to me that life goes on for like, murderers. She's just acting completely normal. Yeah. She's yeah. just at Cracker Barrel, mad chilling, and then she gets arrested for her best friend's murder. I just think that's silly. weird. Yeah. Anyways, like so she, she didn't think she was gonna get caught. No, she didn't I just care. don't think she feels any she sorrow. She does not care. No. Oh no. So um, Sheila is tried as an adult and is sentenced to life in prison for first degree murder, but she has a possibility a possibility of parole after fifteen years. Okay. I think because she's you know. Yeah. Young. But it, it, either way, she got tried as an adult and got sentenced to life in prison, which is, I mean, it's a big deal. So. <laughs> and then um, Rachel gets sentenced to 30 years in prison and she is p- eligible for parole after 10. Because okay. she gave up. Yep. She, so she got a deal some mm-hmm, time off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The niece family passes the Schuyler Law which requires that the state issue an Amber Alert for all missing children, even if they're not believed to have been kidnapped. Okay. Um, this obviously wouldn't have saved Skylar's life, and they know that because yep. she was already gone. But they know that it could save many more lives yes. of people Skylar's age. There has been a $5 million settlement for the niece family against the other two families, so they sued their parents. Oh, $5 million? Yep, and they won. They got $5 million. Well, they didn't get it, but they won the settlement. And they know that they're most likely not going to see the money. Yeah. But the settlement in it, it does prevent Sheila and Rachel from ever keeping any money that they make off the case. So if they write a book or oh. they do interviews, all of the money that they make goes to the niece family. That's good. That's actually really and good. And they did that on purpose because they were like, we're not going to let them profit off of the murder of, of our daughter. Our daughter. Yeah. Yep. Which happens sadly a lot. I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So I read a couple things that Rachel is married to another girl in prison now. And they're both in the same prison still. So they're they in, went to prison together. They're in the same prison? In the same prison together, it's like a women's prison. But Rachel did get married to a girl, which kind of like solidified for people. Maybe that's why Rachel went through with it because she is lesbian. And she loved. And she she really did love Sheila. And I don't think Sheila really loved her. I just think Sheila's manipulative. And kind of crazy. Yeah. Obviously. And so I think that she really did love her. And so... The thought, you know, like it wasn't just, it wasn't just a friendship. It was like, I'm fighting for love and. And which is why, I mean, I, it does show that Rachel, I mean, she's self-destructed. That's just crazy. So. So they're both in the same prison. Both in the same prison. And she's legible for parole in three years. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But there's like a petition that you can sign to. Like, that they'll give to the parole board. To keep them in prison? To keep them in prison. Which I, you know, I'm there. Like I agree I, with that. I, it's hard. I, I, know, just, I know everyone has different opinions, but... Sheila they, scares me. They brutally murdered a Like, I think it's girl. scary to murder anyone, but Sheila scares the crap out of me. Oh, yeah. I don't... Would like, not she... Want I think she would kill someone else and be like, yeah, yeah. I, just, I killed someone else. Yeah. I think she's just literally... A psychopath, sociopath. I don't know which one. I'm not going to diagnose her, but yeah, from my <laughs> very limited knowledge, <laughs> I'm going to. Man, that's crazy. 
Yeah, and then, like, do you see now why, like, this murder sticks with you? Yeah, and I think it sticks with you, too, because of the fact that, you know, we have Twitter now, and yeah. we have these social like media Like, that I outlets. went back, and they ha- there's even a YouTube page it's, that it's just... It's so real. There's a YouTube page that just came to light, like, recently, no one knew it existed, of Sheila and Rachel, and they, like, smoke weed and, like, hang out on the YouTube videos, and it's just, like, it's weird to, like go back to their Instagrams and see the pictures of them, all three of them together, po- and then uh-huh. just know that those girls killed her yeah. for no reason other than she was annoying. Like, we didn't like her. She was a third wheel. She she wouldn't get the hint that we didn't want to be friends. Hi, welcome to 90% of people in high school. Like, that's just relationships. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that's why it hits so hard. It just seems so real with all these tweets. And it's just eerie to go back, like, line up the timeline. And it's a, it's a little girl that killed a... 16-year-old. Like, it's... Yeah. it's I know. It's horrible. I know. this. I do... I'm, I do listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, and I haven't heard this one on a lot. I've heard it on a couple. Okay. But not on a lot, and I do think it's important to spread awareness to yep. the fact that, you know... Sometimes we downplay high school drama, but this high school drama got someone killed. Yeah. And in a really bad way. And so I just think, you know, pay attention. Like, it's real. The pain is real. What they're going through is real. And, like, let's remember Skylar, you know, mm-hmm. the 16-year-old girl. Like, Be aware. Yeah. And and I don't know. Yeah. No, that's, that's, a, that's good. It's a good Let's a good spread point. awareness for a murder that is truly tragic. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that was a crazy one. I wasn't expecting that. That's a heavy one. Yeah, that was. I knew it was going to be, but I really wanted to share it. Yeah, second there, I was like, whoa, I don't know if I can. I know. I don't know if I can keep going. I know. But you know what? They passed the the law because of it, and I was saying it's a good thing, but, you know. Yeah. The girls are in prison, and at least they caught it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you have it. That's the murder of Skylar Niece. Yeah, follow us. We're curious to see who you guys are and why you like our podcast. I mean, yeah. mainly my wife's podcast. But <laughs> subscribe and podcast. download. Subscribe and download. We can't say it enough. It really does help us it out. It does help. I know it's probably annoying that we keep saying that, but we want everyone to know about this. Yeah. It's fun. And it does it does help us out a lot. So, And we want to keep telling these. So Yeah. yeah. Well... I hate this one, but I still love it. And I hate it. Goodbye.